Chapter thirty five of Carpenter's Geographical Reader Africa by Frank G. Carpenter. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Betty B. Life upon the Congo. We have been traveling for weeks upon the Congo River, steaming along from village to village, now stopping to visit a market, and now making long excursions into the country to study the people. After leaving Leopoldville, we were several hours crossing Stanley Pool. It is a great lake right in the course of the Congo, 25 miles long and 15 miles wide, with many islands. Some of the islands are floating. They are made of reeds and grass, with roots so firmly knotted together that birds and even men can stand upon them. They have been torn from the mainland by the current and are moving on down toward the sea. Other islands are fixed and upon some of them are hippopotamuses which have swum across from the mainland as we go on up the congo in our comfortable steamer the river widens and narrows we are often close to the shores and can observe the strange vegetable and animal life upon its banks there are many alligators lying like brown logs on the edge of the water near them stand hippopotamuses which yawn at us showing their great teeth and now and then we see a rose-pink baby hippopotamus on the back of its mother which is swimming with little more than her nose out of the water there are water-birds of all kinds we see storks and wild geese and now and then shoot at a flock of gray parrots as they fly over our boat whistling and screaming there are parrots in the oil palm trees on the banks and at one of the villages a boy brings several to the steamer for sale the birds are not so fine as the bright-colored parrots of south america and australia but they have a variety of notes and whistle most beautifully there are many other birds the names of which we do not know there are cuckoos parrots and woodpeckers hornbills large and small tree ducks great kingfishers giant herons eagles hawks vultures and enormous bats there are pigeons with greenish-gray bodies and plantain birds of bright blue with yellowish breasts and strangest of all little crocodile birds which play about the crocodiles on the banks perching upon them and warning them when any one comes near and then the animals we never get tired of looking at the hippopotamuses especially the babies which are bright pink and at the monkeys which hang over the water chattering at us from the trees now we see an elephant bathing in the river by moonlight and now catch sight of a red river hog or red buffalo peeping at us through the long grass on the banks the mosquitoes are terribly troublesome and when we take a swim in the congo there are horrible little black flies which attack us in clouds settling on every spot of bare skin sucking our blood there are ants as fierce as those we saw in the upper niger and every night we go over our feet carefully searching for jiggers we have to look out for snakes and centipedes and also for wasps and bees there are many beautiful locusts bright-colored beetles and butterflies of the most gorgeous description the country changes from time to time as we go onward and our journeys on shore are full of new and strange things now we pass through groves where wild flowers are blooming under the trees and now see woods bound together into a jungle by long vines there are orchids growing from the branches and trunks of the trees and many strange climbing plants much of the country is treeless but covered with grass so high 
that it is more difficult to travel there than through the forests the stalks grow so thick that one cannot see far and the blades are so sharp that they scratch our faces the stalks are often twelve feet in height so that as we walk along the paths we seem to be in a narrow aisle walled with green on each side wherever the grass is bent over it twists itself around our ankles and when it rains the blades become loaded with water which drops down upon us as we push our way through the path becomes a ditch and we walk in a little stream splashing our way whipped by the great stalks at every turn such paths serve as the high roads of the congo valley and it is along roads like this that we make our way over the country from village to village almost the whole continent is covered with footpaths and one can go everywhere by following these narrow winding ways through forest and plain the natives travel on foot and the myriad paths have been worn down by the bare feet of thousands who month by month and year by year have for generations been going over the same ground single file the forest paths are more winding than those of the open country and turns are made to avoid fallen trees and other obstacles but they are everywhere narrow and regularly travelled we walk carefully as we go along single file looking out for quagmires and pitfalls as we approach the villages sometimes prodding the leaves on the road to see if the ground is solid the native tribes are always warring upon one another the villages are protected by stockades and along the roads leading to them sharpened sticks dipped in poison are stuck in the ground and covered with leaves which look as though they had fallen from the trees near by these sticks will run into one's foot if he steps upon them and the poison is so strong that a scratch causes death the people are most interesting we come upon new tribes every week and they vary so much in customs and features that we despair of remembering them all some are as black as the negroes of the gulf coast and look not unlike them some are dark brown and others almost yellow they all belong to this bantu race which we shall meet with everywhere from now on many of the men have scars on their faces and other parts of the body the scars are different in different tribes and one can tell to what family a person belongs by his scars many of the people go almost naked and some have little more than a strip of cotton about the waist the chiefs of some tribes wear enormous straw hats shaped like a stovepipe waist cloths and jewelry of brass or shells the women have short petticoats of grass which stand out from the body in other tribes they wear bark cloth or bright colored cottons all grease themselves with oil and put up their hair with oil and clay each tribe has its own way of dressing the hair in some the women and sometimes the men wear it in a great horn on the top of the head and in others they have horns of hair over the forehead some twist it on fine wires so that it stands out in every direction like snakes while others braid it so that it falls down in little tails over the cheeks they tie cowrie shells feathers and other things into the hair and put it up in knots of all shapes some of the men shave their heads all over or in spots all are fond of jewelry both men and women wear bracelets and anklets of brass beads or shells the women often have heavy brass collars around their necks some have sticks or grass stems stuck through holes in their noses and ears 
and almost everyone wears a charm of some kind to keep off the evil spirits we spend much time in the villages along the banks of the congo there are thousands of them scattered through the great basin some containing but a few families and others large enough to be called cities the villages are much like those we have already seen in our travels being made up of round or square huts thatched with straw many of the huts have conical roofs and in some cases the roofs extend out over the front covering an open place where the people sit and smoke or sleep during the heat of the day and where in the evening they gossip and chat these people have dances every town has its musicians and they often sing and play into the night they live chiefly for the hour they get up about dawn and have breakfast then the women go to their work in the fields and the men start out to look up their bird snares and fish traps or they may have an elephant pit to keep track of they must also be on guard against hostile neighbors some may work at their trades and both women and men start out early to carry vegetables or goods to the nearest market at noon every one who is near enough home comes in for several hours rest and then goes back to work toward night they eat the second or chief meal of the day although they may take a snack or so between times the evenings are usually spent in chatting dancing or other amusements there are little black children everywhere we see them at their games the babies have rattles the girls play with rude dolls they sit on the ground and make mud pies and play at cooking and housekeeping even the small boys on the banks of the congo are good swimmers they learn also to fish to snare birds and to shoot with bows and arrows they gather round us as we go through the villages and wonder at our strange clothing at one place we let a boy hear our watch tick and he says the noise must come from an animal inside the case these people live simply their huts have but little furniture only the chiefs and the rich have beds the others sleep on the ground often using a wooden pillow this is a block hollowed out like a bow so that it fits under the neck rising the head from the ground and keeping the gorgeous headdress from mussing there is sometimes a fire hole in the centre of the hut the smoke of which keeps away the mosquitoes the cooking fires are often built outside and some houses have also cooking sheds in many of the villages we see what look like great barrels covered with grass they stand upon posts with thatched roofs above them those are granaries in which the corn and peanuts and other such things are stored until needed they are high up to be safe from the rats snakes and other vermin in other places the grain is stored in bags tied to the roof the largest house in the town usually belongs to the chief it may have smaller huts about it the homes of his wives and slaves and sometimes a pile of ivory tusks from elephants trapped by the natives in many villages there are mechanics and we learn that they make goods for sale one town is noted for its pottery another for its fish nets and a third for swords knives hoes and farm tools nearly every village has its blacksmith shop which is one of the busiest places in town the shop is an open shed with a thatched roof the bellows a rude box of wood and skin and the anvil a block of iron about as large as a paving brick these people smelt iron with charcoal and shape it with rude hammers the men are noted for trapping and fishing in some tribes they think it beneath them to till the ground for that is woman's work 
and so they spend most of their time in the chase or in making war upon their neighbors fighting is so common in the congo valley that almost every village has a fence of rude posts about it the posts are sharpened at the top so that it would be hard to climb over them they are set close and bound together with vines there is often a ditch outside the stockade the congo women have plenty of work they take care of the houses and do all the cooking they cultivate the gardens outside the towns and gather the corn and store it in the granaries in some places they are little more than slaves they are bought and sold and often cruelly treated in many parts of the congo slavery is common some of the faraway tribes are still cannibals when such tribes are at war they expect to feast on their captives and a not uncommon taunt to an enemy is the exclamation you shall rest in my stomach to-morrow many of the congo people have some idea of god but all are superstitious they fear witches and believe that their charms and images will work good or evil everybody supposes his happiness or misery depends largely upon his charm or fetish and he who is successful is thought to have a better fetish than others these ideas are now passing away missionaries are working in different parts of the congo basin and they tell us that many of the black boys and girls are becoming civilized moreover slavery and cannibalism are being put down by the foreign governments now when a man dies the people are not permitted to bury his wives and servants alive with him that he may have them in the next world as was the custom in the past the belgian government has already established schools where native children learn trades and are taught reading and writing we see school children frequently as we go up the valley and find that some of them even know a little geography they have learned that the earth is round their fathers thought it was flat and that the home of the white man was under the sea because the ships going away from the coast seemed to sink slowly down into the water and those coming in to rise up out of it for the masts were first seen and then the hulls the little black boys are now being taught that this is one of the best proofs that the earth is a globe end of chapter thirty five